for podcasting. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Alright, good morning everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station's 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller and we're glad you're with you. Are with us rather, at least for a part of your morning. We appreciate you as Trent and I take you until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, here today, we are going to be joined by the voice of Iowa State, John Walters, bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll talk Cyclone Athletics. We'll recap uh, Jamie Pollard's message to the uh, fan base uh, yesterday, a video that he put out about 13 minutes. We'll uh, go inside some of that with John, the basketball game from last night, uh, and looking ahead uh, to some Cyclone-related sports activities with John at 10.30. A newcomer to the guest list. We've got Big 12 guys. Uh, we've got, we needed a Big 10 guy that can talk the conference overall, not just, you know, focusing more so on Iowa. Um I'm going to have to ask you to help me with his name, Trent. Thomas Bendit is how I'm going to go with these. I think that sounds right. SB Nation, BT Powerhouse. He's part of the SB Nation. Writes a lot Mm -hmm. uh, over there, and we're going to pick his brain on the conference at 11.05 before our friend Zubin Mahente will join us at 11.25. We'll go around this world of sports with Zubin. I'm sure we'll pen his... Pay, pay a lot of attention uh, to, the, uh, to the NFL. Boy, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks move, I think. There'll be three in the NFC North. Could be three. Trubisky. Gone. Stafford. Yes. Gone. Yes. I don't think Rodgers is gone, but there's certainly rumors out there that he wants to be a Niner. I hope he stays, personally. But Well, and that's something we talked about a little bit yesterday. The player empowerment era that we see in the NBA. I don't like it, but it's here. Is it coming to the NFL? Is it going to get to that spot? You know, for years it was always, you can't do that. It's salary cap. Hell, you can't do that. You can't cut Antonio Brown. It's going to cost you $20 million. Well, until he's a knucklehead, and you cut him and you figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing here. It's not the hell that it once was. It's not putting yourself in such a dire situation that is kind of an old guard speaking. And I was listening to Mike Sando, an interview with him, who covers a lot of coaching news, but also knows the salary cap incredibly well. And that's one thing that he mentioned is this kind of old way of thinking that I think a lot of us have of the NFL, and myself included, you just can't do that. It's really not the way that the new cap is anymore. You can get away with it. You can do these types extent, of things. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, look, at everybody I would think would want to run to Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because where's this kid going, sadly, mm-hmm. for the next 15 years? He's going to be right there in Kansas City doing what he does every Sunday, seemingly. Um, but for the... Like for the quarterbacks, I, I could see some of the big name quarterback where I think where I think that it will come to a screeching halt is I believe the players association. Let's say, I don't know, fill in fill in the blank. Michael Thomas, who's one of the best receivers in the league, he wants to play for the Chiefs, and he's at the end of the contract, and his bank account's full, mm-hmm. and he but he's willing to go there for league minimum. I would think that the players association would step in. I don't know, maybe they wouldn't. Um, 
I hope that's not the case, Trent. I like the way it is now. This is what separates the NFL from a lot of the other leagues. With the very few exceptions, when you go to training camp, you've got a chance. You've got a chance. Now, there's some quarterbacks in the league that are just some teams that have better quarterbacks than you, but there's always new blood. For the most part, there's always new blood in the playoffs. Now, maybe they don't last long in the playoffs, but your team's got a chance to get to the playoffs and maybe make a run. You can't say that about baseball. You can't say that about the NBA for the most part. Um, so I, so I, I, I hope the NFL doesn't go down that road. Anyways, a lot of time to talk about that because there's going to be a bunch of new quarterbacks in, mm-hmm. in, in new cities. Um, we'll do the Iowa State thing in a minute. Let's just start with uh, Major League Baseball. And the Hall of Fame, because you and I love baseball. Yes. And if you're new to this program, uh, first of all, we're grateful that you're here. And if you're baseball fans, you'll be glad that you're here because we talk a lot of baseball in the summer months. And we, we love the sport, love the game. Um, and we will talk about it during the non-football and basketball season in the, in the, in the regular season. So uh, the, um, usually a day that I look forward to every year is the Hall of Fame announcement. It's, uh, it's a pretty big day. It always has meant something uh, to me. The, the Hall of Famers, they get their opportunity to make their way to Cooperstown and be enshrined uh, into a place that I really want to get to at some point in my life. I think of all the Hall of Fames. Uh, I've been to the NHL Hall of Fame. It's spectacular in Toronto. That's the only one I've been to. I would like to get to Cooperstown. Uh, maybe one day to Canton. Those two would be on uh, bucket list, but I think maybe Cooperstown more so. Uh, but Trent, this year for the you know one of the few times we may not have any any uh, major league baseball players break that seventy five percent threshold, and it's becoming very apparent that um, that the voters are not going to budge off of the off of the steroid users, the Barry Bonds, the Roger Clements, guys who dominated the sport are not going to hear. Uh, their names called and the doors to uh, enshrinement opening up. It, it this may be a year where we have no one. And then, I mean, I guess you can, if there was in, in baseball sake, anyways, one good thing to come out of the pandemic is at least they'll have a celebration because the 2020 mm-hmm. class never had their moment in the sun, and they'll finally get their opportunity in late July. Um, so I don't. I just don't. I don't think we're going to see any new names. Which leads me to this, and I wanted to not even let you know where I was going because I think it's it's situations like this. It's better to the first thing that pops into your head. Um, I, I I I just think it's a, it it leads to better radio. So my question to you is: mm-hmm. There's the, there's nobody. Let's say there's nobody that hears their name tonight. Who's playing in the game right now that will is a sure. Without a doubt, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer. Whether they get there on the first opportunity, I, I hate that. I mean, <laughs> right, eight years yeah. ago they weren't good enough for the Hall of Fame. Now all of a sudden they are. <laughs> uh, what, what have they done in their retirement that's propelled them, uh, that's moved them up in your eyes? Who playing the game right now? Is, Mike Trout. Absolutely, no doubt about it, first guy that came to my mind too. And his teammate. That's an easy one. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. From there... Well, well, Pujols is the other one. I mean, it's female, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And then I went to pitchers. You went to pitchers, yep. okay? Uh, Clayton Kershaw, absolutely good one. Mm. Try and get five. I tried to get five. Oh, My fifth no. might be a bit of a stretch. I, I went to Garrett Cole, but has not. See, no, I think he's he popped into my mind too, okay. but I don't know if he's he's there yet. Degrom. See, he never popped into my mind because I think he's got some work to do. He does. 
These guys have, have done their – if they quit the game today, their clock would start ticking. At least that's how I see it. Okay. Now, I got, to, I got to four, and then I really had to think about it. You got to four, and then you got. To and think I about the first it. three, the first three were the three that you just that you mentioned. Trout was instantly. Then his teammate Pujols, boom. Then Clayton Kershaw, without a doubt. John Lester, not him, but Hall of Fame, a very good. Yeah, Hall of very good. Now he okay. he could have been a Cub, uh-huh. and it came down to eleven fifty nine fifty nine before he decided to sign with Houston. Oh, um, Verlander. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I think so. And then I struggled. You got young guns. You got the Shane Bieber's, who I think is trending that be, direction. But, but if they left the game today, they, they walked today. into Cooperstown. And I could be wrong with this next one because, like I say, I struggled for this. Tanaka. I just saw his not, name. No, he's not a pitcher. This guy's oh, not okay. a pitcher. Not a pitcher. Right. All right. Not a pitcher. Walk away. Hall of Famer right now. Why, why do DJ LeMay who jumped <laughs> in my head? No. Oh, Nelson Cruz. Uh, no. I mean, no. I'm not saying he's not, but it's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a difficult, he's a difficult, um, give me a hint. Debate. Plays in the Midwest. Plays in the Midwest. Yes. White Sox, Jose Abreu, no. Uh, Christian Yelich. Maybe, but not there yet. Uh, come on. Midwest. You haven't hit the team yet. Down, down to St. Louis. Now stop right there. Stop right there. Azuna, no. He's not even there. Uh, oh, Yachty. Bang. <laughs> of course, Yachty. Right, don't you well, think? And how about across the interstate over in Kansas City, Sal Perez? Ooh, that's a debate. He's going to be a tough yeah, one, isn't that's, he? That's a debate. He's a great player. But and the they, they, they have ridden him into the uh-huh. ground. They're 100% great. I mean, you look at catching 154 games, things like that during that run. He didn't get a day off. Mm-mm. He's no. back there behind the plate. Right. And, and that's why I was shocked when they started their rebuild mm-hmm. because they put so many miles Uh-oh. on him that they didn't trade him away. Yeah, Trent, can you imagine this guy trying to get out of bed when he's 55, oh, yes. 60 years old? Right. No, I mean, he'll have a, he'll have a beautiful home and uh, probably someone to help him get out if he needs that. But he's one of those guys. I'm sure there's others, but trying Mookie to get Betts to five, still nah, work to do. Guys, that leave the game right, right now. Right now. Yeah, that's tough. I think it is, too. I think it's tougher than you think. Tougher than you think. Everybody that I think of is too young, mm-hmm. still has more work. Mm-hmm. Probably hit the, the guys that are the most relevant. Yeah. And maybe there's some old guy that's sticking around that we're not thinking of, but yeah. It's well, a pretty good list. If I, um, I mean, I, I don't know who that would be. Mookie Betts is a good player. I'm glad you put him on the list. He would be one of those guys that maybe... Um, like you say about uh, about Sal Perez, is going to cause some people to think about it. Um, Freddie Freeman, um, Bryce Harper, lots of lots of work to do. Anyways, we'll we'll uh, shelve that uh, as soon as we get uh, we'll get Zach in here momentarily, and then we'll get to Iowa State from last night because you know what? Well, we'll save that for a second. Zach is with us. Zach, uh, did we miss anybody, or who do you want to put on your list? I think there's two no-doubters, and they're both position players, and then a pitcher you can throw in there, too. I feel like Scherzer's done enough. Yes. Yeah, good one. In terms of strikeouts, wins, Cy Young's. Good one. He'd be the pitcher. And then the two batters that I think are 
I think no brainers are Yachty and Miguel Cabrera. Oh, I never even add. thought of Cabrera. That's an mm-hmm. excellent one. Yes. 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 Yeah. I feel like both those guys are kind of no doubters, but you know, beyond that, the list is short. Yeah. The list is short. I mean, Trent brought up a lot of really good young names, Zach, but these guys got some work to do, and they may get there. Appreciate the call, Zach. Thanks for chiming in on Thanks, that. Thanks, guys. I, I totally forgot about Miguel Cabrera. Excellent one. Goldschmidt? Uh, it doesn't seem like a Hall of Famer to me. Bryce Harper? Yes, at one point he will. Arenado? That's a good one. And again, the totality of the statistics is so hard to mm-hmm. kind of look. Just It's not like the era... Where it felt like growing up, or even when I started, where I just knew these guys' yes, numbers. Yes, absolutely. I, I knew their combined numbers. Uh-huh. I, I knew this guy had, you know, he he's only needs two more seasons. He's going to have 3,000 hits. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he's close, closing in on 400. <laughs> that doesn't... Paul Goldschmidt, if you told me right now he has 260 career home runs or 460 home runs, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. by either. Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess, a different era. Yeah. And, and probably because we're so reliant on... The computer. Yep. You just look it up. True. You don't have to keep it in your brain. No. Now I want to look to... at Goldschmidt and see what his career numbers are. Uh, he can't, he's closer to the first number he threw out there than the second number. All right. Career home runs. I don't think he's over 300, though. It would surprise me if he is. 249. Okay. Yeah, I know. He's not, he's not going to hear his name. No. I don't think anybody's going to hear their name today. The point being, that's how we got here. That's mm-hmm. where we started, and we'll get back to it at, at some point. All right. Iowa State last night, uh, shorthanded. Boy, oh, boy. Trent, as we kind of alluded to yesterday, stay close to Twitter because there's going to be an announcement at some point. One of the beat guys we thought was going to break it, um, Heinz had it out there very quickly because you go back to Prohm's press conference from Friday, he needn't pulling punches. He said they're going to be shorthanded. There's going to be some walk-ons that are going to have to play. Now, I don't think we thought it was going to be quite to the extent as it turned out to be. But the numbers seemed wrong to begin with, and I said it for years, and I maintain it. Bookies have the most problem with college basketball because there's so many teams. You can find a bad line in college basketball more likely than you're going to find one in football, um, NFL, or the college variety. And that was just a bad line, I Mm -hmm. thought, yesterday. It just did not make any sense. So as soon as the number came out... I watched it, you know, accelerate. And what did it tip off? Seven? Did it get any higher than that? I didn't see it any higher than that, but I saw six is when it was relayed by a lot of the different books that were out there, and it kept going higher than that. I see uh, a place that has a consensus line. They put it at six and a half. So mm-hmm. that's where most books apparently went off at was six and a half, that number. But yeah, it got as high as seven. And yep. well, obviously it wasn't high enough. No, it wasn't. But it, it just seemed like one of those... It just seemed too easy, right? And that's what makes you tap the brakes. And then I know that, I mean, I know you, <laughs> that's 13 to 2, and uh-huh. you're texting, and I'm feeling the same way, like, oh, my God. What did we miss? <laughs> uh, and, and good for Iowa's. Look, they tried. Oklahoma State toyed with them a little yeah. bit. I mean, the 25 turn, I hated that part of the game last night. It seemed like they were they were rubbing, rubbing their nose in, in it. That's where the, the two winter sports really separate themselves. You wouldn't get away with that on the ice, right. you know. If you're if you're doing those dipsy doing behind the back and through the legs, and you're and, and you're trying to showboat at the expense of the other team, you're going to pay a price for that. Uh, it's just not it's not going to go over well. And I thought that yeah, that Oklahoma State there were times like like that last night that they just 
You know, they were rubbing, they were showboating on Iowa State's expense. Iowa State, they played their ass off. For sure, Bolton played his you-know-what's off. Mm-hmm. He really did. And he wasn't the lone, he wasn't the lone ranger out there. There were other good performances. Um, just weren't enough of them. Harris played the entire game. Tyler Harris played all 40 minutes in the basketball game. This freshman class has things I think that you can be excited about. Are any of these guys going to be first team all Big 12ers by the time they're upperclassmen? I don't think so. I don't see any of those guys, but certainly I think both Blackwell, mm-hmm. Walker, and Dubar, Dubar can, yeah. they can all be role players on good Big 12 teams. Mm-hmm. I think they can do that. But at this point, when you have to play those guys that many minutes, right. this is what's going to happen. Yep. They're just they're not at that level yet. You're right, Oklahoma State toying with them. They were. And Trent. playing that kind of way. The fast breaks, the getting out, and I think it really showed up, A, the depth and the lack of players, but also the lack of practice time that they had mm-hmm. over the last two weeks mm-hmm. in that final stretch, final 10 minutes, where a couple of times, what, they get it back to seven one time, or was it there six? Were seven, yeah, I think uh, seven. But then you just saw right away, right. Oklahoma State would hit the accelerator again, yep. and some of those tired legs would show up. I, I, it's not an excuse, it's just the reality of the situation, but this is what this team is going to be, and, and I think... The frustrations that are bearing out right now are some of the older guys, some of the guys that there was hope for coming in this year. Mm-hmm. Tyler Harris, he's five nine two guard, right. and fortunately that doesn't work no. very often. We see five nine guys every once in a while that can work. And Tyler Eulis at Kentucky, he's a point guard. Spud Webb, well, that's thirty years ago. Right. Those guys don't come along very often that can compete and do it consistently at that level because there's the other end of the court. And as good as you are filling it up, you're still five nine. There's going to be those kind of problems. George Condit, a couple of buckets early. Here mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, foul trouble onto the bench. And disappears. Mm-hmm. And when he was out there outside of the first three minutes of the game, didn't feel like he was out there. And these are guys that, if you were hopeful even coming into the year, maybe this team could fight for an NIT berth at the very least. Yeah. You need a George Condit to take a step forward. It hasn't happened. No. The development that you're hoping you're going to see out of this program, it's not there. And back to the aforementioned three freshmen that we talked about from last night. Are they going to develop even to that level? And I think big picture, that's where the concerns go with Prome. Yeah, I, look, I don't think I don't see a kid on this roster that is going to have an opportunity to earn money anywhere after his. Play. Bolton will overseas. Do you think he will? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. But look, he's he, miscast right now. He's not a point guard. No. But they don't have anybody that can handle the ball. They don't have no, a point guard on no, this roster. They don't. They don't. Look, I don't. I don't know what the season, how it's going to end. You just hope they stay together. I think the last thing this team needs to do is go to Starkville, Mississippi, this weekend to take on Mississippi State. I just. What's the difference between Starkville, Mississippi, I though, and Lubbock, Texas? I don't know. It's the same play in the conference game. I guess it just it just seems so. I I don't like the I don't like the the concept to begin with. I didn't mind Bracket Buster in February. That <laughs> was kind of different. Um, but this made-for-TV thing that they're trying to shoehorn in the middle of the conference season, I just, I've never been a fan of it. Uh, anyways, uh, they tried. They were just outgunned last night. They were overmatched last night. I think the fear is to, um, for Prome right now, is to try and keep this team together. He doesn't want to lose this team. Mm-hmm. doesn't want to lose this team. And as the losses add up and the, the plight that uh, seemingly they have in front of them, it just, it, it, there's going to be nice. It just appears hopeless. It appears hopeless. Um, but last night, at least they got back on the floor. Are they having any fun? That's that's my question. Because this is supposed to be fun. You're, yeah. you're supposed to. Are they enjoying the the college basketball experience this year? I don't know if they are. You know, that's why I'm glad it's a free year for everybody. Not that although I'll take advantage of it, they won't. Um, but they 
you know, if, if they want to, and obviously the football program did, mm-hmm. uh, they're taking advantage of it in a lot of ways, some of them. I don't know. Don't keep this team together. That's the biggest challenge for Steve Prohm, in my book. And find don't a way lose to, them. And win a game. Well, it'd be nice. And oh, for that would sting. Yeah. Really bad. And, and the even, kids deserve a payoff. I, I, yes. I agree with you. They deserve a payoff and a payoff of walking off the floor mm-hmm. uh, knowing that they've just vanquished whoever the other team that's sharing the floor with them is. And you look at the schedule coming up. Trent, good luck. Find me that win. You, you look K- at K- Kansas State. Space, they're not back on the schedule. At least they weren't when I looked yesterday. So you're still trying to figure out where you're going to fill in with that game. Kansas back-to-back. Yeah, How about that? Good luck. Yeah. That's, that's not going No, this isn't a great Kansas team by any no. means. They're not great. They're still okay. They're okay. Yeah. They're what, a four seed? Yeah, they're a top Five 25 team. Mm-hmm. That's not what we normally expect out of Kansas. Mm-hmm. You get them back-to-back, and maybe something goofy happens. What else on the schedule? They beat Oklahoma? No. no. The Oklahoma's Oklahoma team good. I've seen lately. Yeah. Oklahoma's good. They've been doing it banked up their own mm-hmm. right. They've got... Texas tonight, right? I think it's 6 o'clock. I think they play at 6. You know, there's no Big Ten tonight. There's only one Big 12 game tonight. No Big Ten at all. No Big Ten at no all. No Big Ten. No Big Ten, one Big 12 game. Oklahoma, On Texas. Super Tuesday. You would think that they would be playing. And, and did I miss something? I'm looking here. No, everything not till Wednesday. Well, two games, one canceled. When we talk Big Ten a little later, what's going on in Michigan? The players now are asking yeah. for them to be able to play. I, the wrestling team, who's ranked number two, was supposed mm-hmm. to come and wrestle Iowa this weekend. They were they not can't. pleased. With, now, was the, this was who made this decision? Was this a state of Michigan decision? There, I've heard conflicting things about it. it. Was this something that came from higher up than the athletic department? I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. But is that just school president, or does it go higher well, than that? Well, do you remember, if you think back, and I don't know, I can't think of the president's name, but wasn't he a... Uh, on Kevin Warren and the Big Ten side, isn't he a um, a, a doctor? Or um, he he was he was really one of these guys that you had to move from. No way we're playing football this fall. He had to be convinced, if memory serves. Yes, Mark Schleisel, and is he an epidemiologist? Hey, what, try that word again. I, I said it once. That's all I'm going to epidemiologist. <laughs> I'll give it to you. All right. I I think he he had something. He was one of the the go to. Uh, he, he certainly had a loud voice in the discussions when it was back and forth if they're going to play or they're not going to play. I remember that. I don't remember what his uh, why he was thrust into that role. But I wonder if it's him, Trent. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's him that's really the uh, uh, the fly in the ointment when it comes to to Michigan athletics, where he is overruling or somebody got in his ear. Yeah, the the Michigan basketball programs they both want to get back on the floor. They both want to resume playing ASAP. Uh, whether that happens or not, I would be surprised if it does. We shall see. Uh, John Walters coming up on Iowa State. Uh, Going to talk some Big Ten overall. I believe our guest, um, let's help me with his name again. Thomas Biendit. Thomas Biendit is a... Um, he's from Michigan. Michigan, right? Yes. He's a, he's, did you go to Michigan? Don't know that. He went to Wayne Law. I don't know okay. what school that is. But he is a lawyer. Yeah. He runs the SB Nation Big Ten basketball site, and he is from the state. So, no, yeah. so we should be able to get some clarity on yes. that. But I, I want to pick his brain on the Big Ten. Uh, the conference fascinates me. It is deep. The Big Twelve is Baylor 
And then a massive gap, I think. I really do. Uh-huh. Um, the Big Ten, you can't say that. The Big Ten, you can throw four or five names out of a hat. And if you're drawing to see which one you get, because um, you each put 20 bucks in the middle of the table and you draw a name out of the hat, there's four or five of them you would go, you'd walk away. Oh, maybe not my first choice, but they got a chance. Right. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, I think so. No. It's. Uh Kind of the great unknown, I guess, we're going through. Indeed. We will take a time out. Before we do that, though, let's give you an opportunity for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword SMILE to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance at $1,000. SMILE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right. We'll be back with John Walters. The voice of Iowa State joins us next. Uh, We'll talk some Big Ten hoops at 11.05. And then uh, Zubin Mahente. One hour from now, we will go around the world of sports with Zubin Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.6. With Charmin, Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. In 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Gosh darn it, how the world has changed, right? We're just listening to a commercial about wiping your you-know-what. When I was a kid, <laughs> Elvis couldn't shake his hips on the Ed Sullivan show. Did you know that? You ever heard of that? Oh, yeah, show? I've heard this story. Yeah. It's a true yeah. story. Now we're seeing this. Just got to shoot him from the waist up, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable the way the world has changed. Uh, John Walters, uh, um, I have, that's an awful segue, John. But welcome to the program, John Walters. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on, John. Uh, look, I, I um, you could take absolutely nothing away from this basketball game last night, with the exception of you know being as shorthanded as they were. I think the kids on the floor gave them everything they had, and you knew the layoff at some point. At least I thought the layoff at some point would catch up with them. Um, you know, conditioning wise, and and seemingly it did, but it wasn't for lack of effort, John. That's my takeaway from the basketball game last night. No, you could see the team pretty much run out of gas in the final five minutes of each half, and that's really the ball game when you think about it. And uh, they competed pretty hard, I thought, for the majority of the time. And I I think it was good for them. I think it was good for those guys that got to play to get out there and play. I mean, it had been 16 days between games. Um, You know, just the opportunity to get out there and play the game they love again, to me, was a win. You know, every every time you can play this year it's a win and uh, if you can win a game beyond that then it's really a win and, and Iowa State struggled to do that but um, you know I, I think for those guys it was very valuable and I think some guys that hadn't had an opportunity to play a lot of minutes got that opportunity last night which really helps their development you know and the hard part of way, about the way the season has played out you know, I, I think there were games that were pretty winnable against DePaul and Chicago State that got canceled early, and mm-hmm. you didn't have a lot of non-conference buy games, if we want to call it what it is, uh, to be honest. that You didn't have a lot of those to begin with. So you didn't have a chance to bring these guys along slowly and, and give them some confidence and put them in positions where they could really succeed. And so you're trying to go out and, you know, do this against West Virginia and Texas and Baylor, and, and it's hard for those young guys to you really get some traction. And so... I think just the fact that the pressure was off last night, it's like throw them out there. They have to play through some mistakes. 
was very good for their development. Uh, it gives the coaches a lot of tape to go look at and to help those guys with some specific things. And I think in the big picture, it'll be really valuable for those guys. And so I, I think there's some good things that came out of last night's game, and I absolutely agree with you, Ken. These guys played as hard as they could. They just weren't better than Oklahoma State, especially with a makeshift lineup and, and especially uh, with the lack of conditioning. I don't, I don't know that playing seven cost them as much as – the lack of practice, you know, I, you know, Coach Froman in the past has played seven or eight guys many occasions, um, but it's different when they're the seven or eight that are, you know, your top seven or eight choices, and they're in great shape, and that that's completely different than than what we saw last night. Tell us a little bit about the uh, freshmen, what you saw, playing all of them career highs in minutes, as you'd anticipate here, but Walker, Dubar, Blackwell, what you saw from those guys and your thoughts of their development going forward? I saw encouraging things from all of them, not that the, the, any of them are finished products, you know, and mm-hmm. um, really encouraged by Jaden Walker. You know, I just think his length and he plays hard, uh, could be a very good defender. Um, I think, you know, eventually could be a point guard. I'm not sure that he is, but, I, you know, he's 6'5". He can play a multiple uh, number of positions, and so... I think he could be a really valuable piece for Iowa State going forward. And, you know, he missed almost all of last season with a leg injury and, you know, really wasn't even 100% at the start of this season. So he's still a work in progress, but I think they're really high on him. And uh, Darlin Stone-Dubar, you know, I, I think he and Dudley Blackwell, you see it in spurts. Uh, you want to see it in longer spurts. And, and that's, again, where a game like last night can really help. But, you know, a couple times those guys passed up, you know, maybe a, uh, an open 14-foot jumper at the free throw line or just inside it and, you know, ended up settling for a tougher shot a little bit later in the possession where it's like, man, go ahead and take that shot. You want them rising up with confidence and, and taking that shot. But um, they'll get there. You know, they're young, and, you know, there's been a lot of players through the years that, uh, you know, you see little spurts when they're freshmen, and then uh, that sophomore year, they they take a pretty significant jump, and I think with those guys, you will see that kind of a jump, and they'll be good players at Iowa State. Uh, Rasir Bolton, uh, John, uh, in between the starts and stops, when when the team's been able to play, it looks as though he has taken his game. Uh, he's back to being the player I think a lot of people thought was going to show up in Ames, and and it took him a while to get acclimated, but he's playing now, seemingly um, his best basketball. He looked like a leader on the floor last night, Rasir Bolton. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. He really, he really gave great effort and consistently on both ends of the floor. And you know, he's he was undersized trying to defend some of the guys that he was going against on the block, and he hung in there as well as he could. And um, you know, he's not a natural point guard, I wouldn't say, but he he is definitely a leader, and and he's a guy that um, can get to the basket and. If he can get a little bit better at creating for others as he gets to the basket, I think that's where he could take another step with his game. But he certainly can create for himself at the rim and um, can get to the free throw line, which is something this team desperately needs. And, um, you know, he played awfully hard. I, I thought Rajir gave great, great effort last night and had one of his better games as a Cyclone. Any word on when we anticipate the guys that were not available last night, if they're going to be available for Mississippi State or if it's going to be even longer? No, I, I haven't heard anything beyond, you know, what we found to be the case yesterday. And, you know, I can't imagine that they're going to be completely at, at full strength going into Mississippi State. Hopefully they start to get some guys trickling back in. But you just don't know what the period was where the starting point was of quarantine or whatever the case may be. And, you know, and how many of these guys that are playing, how many of them are coming back off uh, off something? So I, I don't know. And I, I guess we'll find out. But. Um, 
I, I, I doubt Iowa State will have a fully available roster uh, at Mississippi State, but we'll see, I guess. Mm. Uh, John Walters is our guest. Uh, John, we'll get to uh, Jamie Pollard's announcement and what came out of it yesterday, his video that he put out. Uh, I know that, I think, I know if the fan base feels this way, but the media does as well. Love the transparency uh, that he's provided us through this entire pandemic. I want to ask you about Tyrese Halliburton. Are you surprised that this quickly in his career, uh, that, that he seemingly, that, that the NBA is clearly not too big of a game for him? Um, he's off to a terrific start in his professional career uh, and, and doing so seemingly on a night-in and night basis, a night-out basis. Does this surprise you, John? I can't really say it did because I, I think that it, as you looked at what the people were saying about the, the draft-eligible lottery pick type of guys, um, a, a lot of people said Halliburton's one of the more polished of this group, you know, and maybe there's more upside for some other guys that the teams might see or uh, they're looking for this or that. Maybe they're looking for a different position. But they, a lot of people felt like he was, he was polished and he was ready to go. And I think that's really shown, you know. And he, and his game does translate very well to playing with great players around him. Because when you think about Tyrese's game, that's what it is. It's he makes everybody around him better. And when he's surrounded by a bunch of guys that can shoot it and put it on the floor and and can do all the great things that NBA players can do, his game is going to look even better. And so. Um, he, he's not a guy that um, is going to force his game into uh, the NBA. His game is going to be dictated by what the team needs that night. And I, I think that's what's so great about Tyrese Halliburton's game. He's the Swiss Army knife, and you know, if on a certain night you need him to just be a distributor, he's more than happy to do that. Uh, you know, if he if he needs to score some, he can do that. If he if he needs to rebound or to get some steals and get some transition baskets for you, he can certainly do that. So uh, I, I'm not surprised at all that his teammates love him, that the organization feels like they got an absolute steal, and I'm thrilled to see him playing as well as he is. I think he's got a great chance to be Rookie of the Year in the NBA. John Walters joining us, the voice of the Cyclones. So, John, over to uh, football quickly before we get into uh, Pollard's talk yesterday and this team returning seemingly everybody. What, it's going to be 20 of the 22 on the depth chart, just absolutely incredible. Coming back for next season, the anticipation, the buildup, what we went through during a pandemic, just on and on and on, it goes without saying. This is going to be the most anticipated Iowa State football season ever. But from your perspective, where you are, what does concern you going into 2021? Well... I'm excited like everybody else is. Um, I guess what concerns me is, you know, we've talked about that every season is different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you are going to be in a lot of close games, which Iowa State historically has been, are you going to win all those close games? You know, if you're talking about having a magical season, you might have to go 4-0 or 5-0 or at least, you know, 4-1 in, in games decided by a touchdown or less. You know, and there's going to be several of those games probably. There's still a lot of good teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to play Iowa. You're going to have a bunch of, of good opponents to play. So uh, can you can you find a way in those close games to be the team that makes that play, to put you over the hump in a game that could go either way? And, and this year, Iowa State did a pretty good job in that category. And can they do a great job in that category next year? I guess that's, that's the concern. But, you know, I, I certainly think they'll be in a position to win a lot of football games. Um, they are really going to be loaded in a lot of places. And the one thing that you you maybe over uh, overlook is just how 
many good young players are coming up behind these guys that are still going to be pushing for their opportunity. And I think we saw a little bit of that this year with some of the young, you know, linebackers and uh, defensive backs and uh, receivers that started to make a name for themselves. And, you know, I think you'll see more and more of that next year because there's some pretty good players waiting in the wings and some good recruiting classes coming in behind. So the depth could be really a, a big bonus for Iowa State a year from now. And, you know, can you stay injury-free? That's another, I think, if you talk about concerns, uh, this team did a pretty good job. Uh, they had a few injuries, but not a ton of major injuries over the course of the year. And that's where that depth is really going to come in. You, you might need it more next year than you did this year, but I do feel confident that there's some pretty quality depth there at a lot of positions. So if if I'm – help me out, John. They lose Saner. They lose Jaquan Bailey. And Lawrence White, the, Lawrence White he moved on, correct? That's correct. So just, you know, just technically they lose 20 they – yeah, they list 23 starters because they list a fullback, even though, okay. you know, so Sainer was listed as the fullback. So uh, of the 23 starters, 20 are back. Mm-hmm. Those three that you mentioned are not. Interesting. Uh, let's get into uh, Jamie Pollard's uh, video from yesterday. And, and uh, clearly, I think one of the big takeaways was it was uh, was Matt Campbell again. And, um, you know, just the fact that he's appreciative of what the uh, the athletic department is doing to upgrade the facilities, everything they can uh, to um, not only for football, but for the uh, athletic department in general. Uh, they're renegotiating his contract. He certainly deserved it. He's a commodity, John, and seemingly he... He's, at least for the time being, putting down some roots and names, which I have to think makes everybody pretty happy. Well, of course, you know, and it, and it's so much more than just Matt Campbell. You know, it, it's Matt's Matt's the biggest piece of the puzzle, but you know, it's his staff. It's it's as you mentioned, facilities. It's it's putting the players in a position to succeed, and a commitment from the top all the way down to having winning football at Iowa State. And I think that commitment is as strong right now as it's ever been. Um, you know, you see great things happening with, uh, you know, the, the things that he has going with projects that are, are going to enhance what they have. Uh, that that uh, student-athlete performance center, I think, is going to be a huge piece of the puzzle for Iowa State football and really for all sports at Iowa State. But, you know, Jamie is just such a forward-thinking guy, and here we are stuck in this awful year, and a lot of a lot of bad things have happened. But you know, who would you rather have to try to help you navigate your way through these choppy waters than him? He's so level-headed, and he's got such a good grasp of, okay, here's what we need to do. Here's how we can get there. It's not just here's the challenge. It's here's the challenge, and here are some answers or, or potential answers. And then you throw it out there for the fans and say, hey, here's what I have in mind. What do you think? Can we do this together? Because he's not going to be able to do it himself. And I think that's what his message yesterday was all about. It's It's going to be a team effort if you're going to get to where you want to go. And so uh, I love the fact that he kind of puts it on the fans and says, hey, here's where we are. I understand what you want. I want those things too. Here's what it's going to take to get us there, mm-hmm. and, and let's see if we can do this together. It's a unique leadership style. I, I think it shouldn't be. I, I think it's a great leadership style, and I think mm-hmm. um, more and more people ought to follow that model because it really is transparent. Everybody knows what they're signing up for. And, you know, there might be some, some fans that say, hey, it's getting too rich for my blood. I, and I understand that, especially with everything that's happened. But I think there will also be a segment of fans that are ready to jump on board to this thing and, and to, you know, be a part of it that maybe haven't been in the past. And so he's done a great job 
getting Iowa State through a really, really tough time. The Sports Performance Center, just incredible for the student-athletes, but we're talking to the fans out there, and one thing he talked about was the uh, the bridge that will link the new RV lot, and they're still going forward with those plans. Fans uh, already talked to one of them last night when that came out. Very excited to have their own electrical, everything hooked up there. That's going to be incredible when they get that thing finished up. Any idea when that will be ready to go? How long into the future are we talking? I think he might have said 2022, okay. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's going to get going here before long. It's not going to be long before they get the project started. But that that bridge will be a, a huge addition for Iowa State, not only aesthetically, uh, practically for those fans that have RVs, but also just from a safety standpoint to be able to get fans across that street without issues before and after games. Uh, it really makes a lot of sense. And then it opens up a lot more parking possibilities because if you're eventually going to get to what I call Jamie World, uh, the, the, the the area between Hilton Coliseum and, and Jack Trey Stadium, looking exactly the way he has it pictured, which is incredible to think about, you have to open up that area. And so a lot of that parking moves over on the other side of that bridge. And so a lot of people are going to be using that bridge, and I think it'll be a, a really practical thing for Iowa State to have, and it'll really enhance the, the beauty of uh, driving in toward the stadium. You uh, you like Pollard World. I'm a big fan. Or Jamie World. I like Pollard and Light District. That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. That, I've heard that one, too. That's probably even better. Yeah, that's probably even better. I, I hadn't heard and, that and, one. And probably more of an accurate, probably more an accurate description of what the brainchild was for that whole area yeah. because... Uh, you, you know, I think when you, when you go to the Alamo Bowl or when you go to the Big 12 basketball tournament and everything is centrally located yeah. and people can walk and they don't have to drive all over the place, that's so much fun. And I think that's kind of what Jamie's trying to recapture at Iowa State. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Last thing for you, John, we know the Kansas game is back on the schedule. So we got to get uh, K-State, Texas, and Texas Tech. Those are the last three, I believe. Uh, any indication as to when we may uh, get some clarity on those? I think one other got rescheduled. It, it might have been Texas. So I think, yeah. So I think there's going to be back. Oh, I see it. You're right. Texas is. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's back to back weeks mid February where it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for Iowa State. And you know, kudos to the Big Twelve when they did the schedule. They left some time at the end of the yep. season for remakeups. And you know, I, I think that could be where you see those other two games. And then they also. Uh, had a lot of the scheduling done Tuesday, Saturday, where you could slide a Thursday game in there if you needed to, and, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Great stuff, John Walters. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. John Walters, the voice of uh, Iowa State. The Texas game is back on there. Um, the Kansas game that was postponed has been rescheduled, and yeah, so they're waiting on a couple of them. We'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour, some Big Ten hoops conversation. We'll go around the conference, not every team, but we'll certainly take an in-depth look at that. Zubin Mahente will join us at 11.25. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. Trent and I are here until noon. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 102 Life Family. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Five minutes before the hour of 11 on a Tuesday. Another keyword coming up in hour number two. 
give uh, somebody another chance to win that $1,000 in the $1,000 slam dunk promotion. We're going to talk some Big Ten basketball. We are going to have a discussion with our friend Zubin Mahente from ESPN Radio. I'm guessing a lot of it will be centered on the uh, NFL and the upcoming Super Bowl uh, that takes place in Tampa. Good city for Super Bowl. Not a lot of people going to be partaking in it, which is the right thing. And I guess the ticket price is through the roof because yes. of the scarcity of the ducats. Well, you have a home team. Let me throw that into it. You have, of course, the scarcity. As you mentioned there, there's a lot of factors here. And Kansas City, fan base that last year, in fact, I was just talking to uh, Russ over at uh, Graphite Construction Group on Friday. Huge Chiefs fan, season ticket holder for years. Didn't go last year, though, because he hates Miami. Been to Miami before, hated it. Didn't want to have his first Super Bowl experience being a city he hated. So, how can you hate Miami? He just didn't like it. Been there before, didn't want to go. All right. But fair enough. Well, then, of course, this year comes and there's a pandemic. Uh-huh. And so, do you bite the bullet? Know you're going to pay more. You hate to think that it could end, but it can end. And, uh... Patrick Mahomes has been injured the last two seasons. Mm. Dan Marino never got there again nope. after his first appearance. Yep. There are no guarantees, unless you're Tom Brady. Playing for his 10th. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ten, in his 10th Super Bowl. No, it's ridiculous. Um, I've been to three Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I've been, I was at um, 31 in New Orleans, which was Patriots, Bree Brady, uh, and Packers, Favre's only Super Bowl. I was at 43 in Tampa Bay, which was Kurt Warner in Arizona versus the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Good the one. Santana Moss catch in the end zone, which to this day is unbelievable. And then I was at Super Bowl 50 when uh, the Broncos and Peyton Manning, uh, well, Vaughn Miller, <laughs> led them to that uh, that Super Bowl there against the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Hurricanes, Carolina Panthers. And of the three, look, New Orleans is perfect, right? Yes. As, as John said in our last segment, Power Light District, uh, going to the Alamo Bowl. All the fans, you know where they're going to be partying mm-hmm. and hanging out with one another. New Orleans, everybody's on Bourbon Street. Yeah, everybody's right. in the French Quarter. There's just some cities that are that are um, better suited to holding those type of events. And Indianapolis yeah, is one of those. Oh, cities. Indianapolis is great. Yes. The, the square in the downtown square in Indianapolis is fun. A lot what of do hotels. You anticipate when we look at the NCAA tournament. Are they going to allow? Is it going to be 10, 15% capacity? That's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it, it varies from state to state, right? Mm-hmm. I would anticipate that there would be some fans. Got to be. I would like to. And starting with the Elite Eight through the Final Four, they're going to be playing all those games at Lucas Oil. Right. right. You got to anticipate the out. reason for that is because hey, we can get people in here and we can get, well, even if it is just 8,000, well, it's better than getting 2,000. Sure. And still. Paying through the nose, I'm sure, for those tickets. Yeah. Drivable. Final four. You've been once. You've, you've I, crossed the, the that last off your bucket list. I loved it. I know you did. And I love college basketball. And, and didn't you do your show from, your part of the show from Cafe N? I did, yeah. That was a lot of fun, too. Do we have a uh, affiliate in Indianapolis? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd be surprised if we don't. Wheels are turning. Wheels are turning. I can see them over there. Uh, we've got another hour to go here. We will get back into college basketball. Going to take a good look at the Big Ten. Look forward to doing that. Zuma Mahente coming up in 25 minutes as we take it to noon, till noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.